Welcome to the Potter Discussion. Welcome back to the Potter Discussion, discussing Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts, and the Wizarding World fandom. I'm your host, Oscar, and this is episode 152. Thank you all for joining me today. It is a pleasure to be talking to you in, on this this wonderful day. The sun is shining. The leaves are finally turning from bright green to lovely red, orange, and yellow. It looks like the trees are on fire. Uh, it is really wonderful this time of year, and the colors are popping. Thank you for joining me again, and today we are talking about... Umbridge, the long-awaited breakdown Umbridge. I remember uh, the episode that I was recording about Umbridge and Ithis. I had to cut it short. That's how much I was saving for this episode. Um, I said, breakdown Umbridge is coming soon. Not 150, but coming soon. And I uh, am delivering that episode to you today. And actually, this this day marks one year af- uh, out of episode 100. I remember episode 100. That was that was a good episode. I put a lot into that. Now listening back to it, I'm like, oh my god! Like I I could have done it so much better. But I'm very very proud of that episode because that was really the first like full production audio drama kind of episode I did. I hope I can do more of that in the future. Hmm. Eh. Huh. Hinting. But that's not for a while. So that's in the future. But I'm definitely happy that episode 100 is a year behind us because that means we are forging ahead. But today, Breakdown Umbridge. I hope you were excited for this episode because I have been waiting for this for a very long, uh, an entire, well over, well over two episodes. I, I have been waiting for this. So I am very excited to be recording to do today. But that is on a bit more of a somber note because this past October 14th, 2022, marks the passing of Robbie Coltrane the actor who portrayed Hagrid in the Harry Potter films. Robbie was really an amazing person, and he added so much to the Harry Potter films, and we are, the the entire community, his family, and the world is really, really um, devastated to see him go. He was a wonderful person, and I hope he is at peace. We should all remember what Robbie Coltrane said in the uh, 20-year anniversary documentary on HBO Max, that he won't be around in 50 years, but... Hagrid will, and that is for certain. He is immortalized, and he is a legend, and you will always remember him. So, this episode is in honor of him. But now, kind of turning the tie a little bit, you know, be turning turning back to the episode. We had a quizmaster last week, and with the quizmaster comes a challenge question. And of course, we have got to divulge the challenge question. So if you can remember, you can think back. The challenge question of Quizmaster Marauders was, which marauder do we meet first? In a Sorcerer's Stone, just think through the story. We're not counting like memories or like literally in Harry's life. We are counting when he is 11, when he is you now living his life, when he's going to Hogwarts, and he's with the Dursleys. In those beginning scenes, and maybe it's not beginning scenes, who does he meet first? Which which marauder does he meet first? That is the question. You've had a week to think about it. I hope you've given it every ounce of your energy. Of course, I know you have. Uh, but today, I'm answering that question. In fact, right now, I'm answering that question. And the answer to the challenge question is Peter Pettigrew. Scabbers the rat. 
Hey, did you forget about Scabbers the Rat? Scabbers the Rat is Peter Pettigrew, and we only found that out in The Prisoner of Azkaban. And Scabbers is Ron's rat in the first book. And when Harry enters the Hogwarts Express, and Ron is sitting right next to him, they Ron shows off his spells on Scabbers, and Scabbers is eating you know, jelly beans, and he's living the life, and then he bites Goyle or Crab, and like, it's he, he really makes a statement, Scabbers does. And that's Peter Pettigrew right there, so we meet Peter Pettigrew first. If you good, the right answer. Good job, actually. This this is a hard one. I mean, it's, 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 it's the challenge question, after all. Give us a little... Give yourself a pat on the back and let me know because I want to know. I, w- I want to know who, who got it right, if it was a lot of people, if it wasn't. So make sure you send me an email. My email is thepotterdiscussion at gmail.com. That is thepotterdiscussion at gmail.com. And that was a lot of stuff to be put in the intro of this episode. But let's get into today's episode. So to kick off today's episode, I just want to ask a very simple question. And that is, who is Dolores Umbridge? Who is she? This is really the central question for this episode, uh, because we are trying to really figure out who she is. Of course, in a regular breakdown, we are not trying to do this, because we already know. But for Umbridge, it is a different situation. She has worn many hats, been many places, been affiliated and supported many people on uh, very different sides of the war, and is a very interesting person, and for perhaps not the right reasons. So, asking the question, who is she, is the perfect place to start to kick off our investigation into her life. So, let's just get a, a, a baseline of information, you know, starting nice and broad, of course, she is human. That is something we can, well, we're not 100% sure, but she's human. That's what we're going to assume for this episode. She was born on August 26th. We don't exactly know the year, but, uh, you know, uh, probably earlier than about, like, 1960, maybe. She's a half-blood, she's not married, and <coughs> she's British or Irish. So, that's kind of our baseline. She's had a lot of different titles. She's had a lot of different loyalties, like we said before. And that definitely plays a role in the story before she really comes into the picture and after. Because, of course, in the later books, especially in The Deathly Hallows, her allegiance is indirectly towards Voldemort, which is not a <laughs> not an expected path for her. But also, uh, I mean, it is it is she is supporting evil, which is something that we absolutely thought she would never do. She's absolutely not a friend of Harry, but she's absolutely not a friend of Voldemort. So we were really asking the question here, why is she suddenly supporting him? And I think the the argument can be made that she doesn't know it because she is just supporting the ministry, which is supporting uh, Voldemort. But that's a question for later in this episode. So really, who is Umbridge? That is our central question of the day, and it is it is with this kind of I don't know in, initial boatload of information, the 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 first base of knowledge that we are creating, that we are going to be building upon, and that we are going to be looking back at. Because this again, this is the central question for the episode. We want to have a good idea of really what's happening around Umbridge, and we want to have this base to look back on. So I hope you can use this to some degree to to remember some of the facts that we listed off, because we are going to be moving on with this episode. 
and getting deep fast. So let's move on. Let's get into the good stuff. So this next topic is one that we're definitely had we we we've been circling for a long time in previous episodes, and we have definitely tried to dive into before. And we are going to be doing it yet again. This topic is why does Umbridge do the things she does? That's simple. But my question here is, is there a greater reason than just she wants to? Or she has a vision for the future? And that, again, is another topic that we're going to be diving into later in this episode, but we can certainly get a head start in discussing it now. So what I really want to start with is thinking about what she really does and really, you know, kind of going going surface level first before we can really dive into the, the, the more deep part of this. So the important part to focus on here is really why she chooses the things that she does. What what do her choices mean about her personality? And this is, this is kind of like a, you know, like a like a like a personality test. But we are just kind of going to going to be exploring who she is in the sense that her duty is her work is 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 her life you know that is that is what she is. And like we said in the you know why I hate Umbridge episode. Her life is the ministry. That is where she spends her all all her time. She really has no, I mean, like 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 friends. She doesn't really have any friends. It's just a work acquaintances and then like and and allies. That's really where she stands. Yeah, like it's 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 work friends, allies, and people she supports. That's all the the positive feeling she has towards other people and maybe her family. But I don't know, father, mother, brother. One one of them's probably dead. She probably hates the other, and the other one is just alienated. So there's probably a story there. But her life is very much uh, focused around the ministry. And that's not a bad thing. Like I said before in the last Umbridge episode, if you love your work, then go for it. Then put put your your, your energy into it because you should. I mean, I like this. I, I, I love podcasting, so I put my energy into podcasting. I mean, it's simple as that. But the only problem is... I don't think Umbridge should put all of her energy into things into the things that she does, her work, her everything but her friends, her family, and her life outside of the ministry. So that, I think, is the first kind of surface-level thing we should uh, get out of the way because that, I think, is kind of the, the, the entry point for a deeper problem and one that she herself uh, has not really thought about or discovered, and that is that she is afraid of slowing down. I think this this is another one of those points that is really, really important to her overall character. Umrid is afraid that if she stops, you know, running, if she stops, you know, signing papers and going to meetings and making new deals and reaching out to other ministries and making alliances and this and that and sending this message and doing that and then going here and walking there and then shaking hands with this person and doing this and doing that she will like she just is so scared that if she doesn't stop doing that she will never be able to start again and that's i mean that's that's a, a fear of course that is something that i i i respect as a fear 
but I don't think it really applies to her specifically because the way her position is, is set up, she she has had many different positions. Uh, she was the head of the magical law enforcement department. She was a senior undersecretary. She was headmistress of Hogwarts for like a month. So she, she's wearing many hats, which is, again, why we got that section uh, going in the very beginning of this episode to kind of explain that. But this fear of hers that, you know, the world is trying to stop her, that if she does not keep fighting, she doesn't keep going, she will be stopped. She will not be able to start, I think, comes from, uh, like, like thoughts that she's had and just her, like, her, her life and experiences that she's had where that has happened. Because we don't know about her, 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 her life. We don't know where she grew up, really. I mean, we we know very, very little about who she really is, which is again why we're doing this episode. But we do know that she has had not maybe the best past, perhaps not the best childhood, the best growing up. Maybe she went through a few rough years and maybe didn't come out unscathed. Because I think if someone is hurt, I mean, like emotionally, mentally, if their 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 soul is damaged. I think this is also going into kind of the, the more magical Horcrux side of it. I mean they, they have to repair it. They have they have to build walls and defenses and they have to, you know, kind of build up their, their defenses again after they 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 had been torn down. So I think that's exactly what Umbridge did. She went through the the the, the rough years and then began to rebuild herself. And she made an Umbridge that was strong and very sharp and quite unethical and mean really and and fierce and angry and and full of denial and and fear of the world that's not a good person to be that is not a good person to be but by the time that 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 that, that transformation of umbridge was complete she was gone the the previous umbridge like perhaps even the good umbridge i'm going to say if 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 there's an umbridge that exists that was that was good in the first place i think that umbridge is gone it is the evil umbridge now so all that stuff you know her her transformation made her into this person with a bubble around her she doesn't want to make friends she doesn't want to do this and do that and all this kind of stuff she all she wants is work and Deals and shaking hands and signing papers. That is what she lives for. And I don't know about you, but that's not what I want to do with my life. You know, I want to do more than that. And of course, if that was part of an amazing job where I got to help people and make a, you know, a wonderful environment and help the world, then perhaps that is something that I would want to do. But just, just what she does, IDK. Honestly, IDK. So, <laughs> there we have it. Uh, let's move on from this because there is some more stuff to to discuss. Let's move on. So, we've discussed kind of a base of who she is and what drives her in everyday life. But now let's discuss why she goes to such lengths to do everything. Everything she does is very extreme. She feels this need to just do everything and do it right, and that is a good thing to have. I'm glad that she wants to do things and she does them. That is a good habit to do. The only problem is that the things that she does helps uh, only herself and hurts everyone else. A prime example is getting rid of Dumbledore and Trelawney. Yes, 
Yes, Numelor did leave on his own, but Umbridge was the one who went to the minister and said, we got to get rid of him, and that's why the minister came, along with Kingsley and and Percy and a bunch of people to, to, to come arrest Dumbledore, and Dumbledore, they, they, they forced his hand, Umbridge forced Dumbledore's hand, and Dumbledore had to leave. She also kicked out Trelawney uh, before that in the Order of the Phoenix, which is another example of how she just goes so extreme. When someone isn't a, you know, a perfect teacher, she uh, evicts them from Hogwarts, and of course Dumbledore pointed out that although Umbridge can dismiss his teachers, she cannot banish them from the grounds, and Trelawney did end up staying, but without a job. So, very sorry for Trelawney, but I mean, I think we're, we're kind of glad that that happened, because Trelawney may not be the best teacher, although we do agree with her over Umbridge. I think we are glad that Trelawney isn't teaching anymore, but that's that's besides the point. That's besides the point. Even though we we might agree with Umbridge once, we still should agree with her all the time. So that is really why uh, we like this. That's 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 kind of the topic uh, for for this little mini segment here. Why does she go to such lengths? Well, I think that this kind of relates to her her you know drive of doing everything all the time. That she she wants things to stick. She wants things to she wants to do it once. She wants to set it and just forget it and just do it and never do it again. You know that kind of mentality. I think is what is driving her to do these kinds of things so intensely. In 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 her mind, if she throws out a teacher of Hogwarts, that teacher will never come back. If she uh, gets rid of Dumbledore, then she can put in better rules in place at Hogwarts. She can improve the curriculum at Hogwarts and make sure no one ever believes that Voldemort is actually back. And when when she do, does these things, it's a very permanent thing. It's it's intense, but that's why. That is really why she 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 does it to such a degree. She wants it to to be like that forever. If she does something that is then undone, we uh, well, she would consider that a failure. And we can see that even in the smaller things, like giving Harry detention, she doesn't make him write lines and then just like kind of wipe it away. She makes it ingrain it in his hand. She leaves a permanent mark. That's there even when he's in his 30s. That it's it's still there because Umbridge wanted wanted it to never fade. And she made 100% sure that if she wanted a message to get through the Harry, it would get through one way or another. And it would stick there forever. And we can see that. We can see, again, the scar is there for years afterward. This is, of course, what then backfires and why she then is carried away by the centaurs. Because Harry must not tell lies, and he can't tell them that she means no harm. So, a bit of a mic drop from Harry there. But that is why she goes to such lengths to do everything. Because she, she wants it to stick. She she doesn't want to do things again. She, she her, her time is her money, and that's really what she is, is thinking of. And she has, like, her, her drive to do stuff doesn't allow her time to do things, you know, thoroughly and really go into detail with everything that she does. In a similar vein to that, let's go a little bit into detail on why Umbridge is so, for lack of a better word, sickly sweet. We all know, like, the 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 the, the toad-like description, the bow on top, her, her little, like, you know, <laughs> 
God. <laughs> no one shall ever speak of that moment ever again. That... <laughs> Okay, that was my impression of Umbridge's laugh. Um, <laughs> and Mala does it a lot better than me, so we will never talk about that ever again. But why Why is she like that? Why does she make that style choice for herself? And why does she act like that on a daily basis? Well, like I said before, this is in a similar strain to the, the, the previous point about why she goes to such lengths to do things. She's playing a character. She is putting on a performance for everyone that watches her as a put-together, high-level, intelligent, strong person in the workplace who enjoys her job, is patriotic for the, company, for, the, for the country, supports the minister, does her taxes, and is just a wonderful human being. That is the person that she is, is performing as. And this is all part of the act. This is all part of her performance. She is this lovely, you know, sweet little lady who loves talking to people and has a real affection for kittens because that's just who she is. Like, that, that's the person that she wants people to see her as. Of course, that's not even close to who she is, but that is how she wants to be seen because there is a certain amount of pressure on her to succeed. And a lot of that pressure is put on her by herself which is a very self-destructive quality, which is something, of course, we will uh, get into in future episodes and a little bit today. But that, that, sh- that, that, that self-destructive quality is another reason why she just falls apart, because her, her ability to, um, I guess you could call it, to, to, to just become someone else is a big reason of why she is someone else, because she hasn't been really found out, I guess you would call it, People, I'm sure, can have an inkling of who she is uh, that is not 100% who she portrays to be. Like, I don't say everything that I think, and, and I'm, I I don't act, you know, exactly like I, I don't know, feel like I want to or like Because, like, sometimes it's, it's, it's not appropriate. Like, I'm, I'm not going to laugh during a funeral. I'm not going to cry during a birthday party. Uh, unless it's mine, because then I can do whatever I want. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean. There's a, a certain character that we all play in life, and that is usually a very positive thing. But for Image, that really isn't, because it is not who she is. I am the person that I am, if that makes any sense. But Umbridge is not that person. Umbridge is a completely different person entirely. And uh, this is another one of those, like, spin-off shows that I would love to see. Uh, like a, a Umbridge and her youth kind of story. Because we haven't really seen any of that outside of just her talking. I mean, that's that's the extent of her character that we have really gotten to know. So if we understand more about her, really, where she comes from, and again, those 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 rough years in the beginning, which, of course, we can assume have happened, and really understand where she comes from, I think that can really give us a good insight into who she is overall. And we don't have that information, and unfortunately, I don't think that is on the docket. That's, that's not on the top of the list for any HBO producers at the moment. But we can always help. But again, that is is the show that I'm hoping for, and that is really the the character she's trying to play. That is the sickly sweet personality, and that's why she goes to such lengths to do everything. There is one last topic that I would like to discuss before we end today's episode, and that is an insight into her character so great that it will really tell us 
everything about her. This is what is her greatest fear. What does Umbridge truly fear the toad-like, bow-on-top, senior undersecretary to the minister? What What does she truly fear? Well, we did get a head start into this topic. It is her drive of never wanting to stop, thinking that the world is dragging her down. She's running through quicksand. That is that is where we are beginning here. So if we can kind of keep making headway through that line of thinking, I think we'll definitely find an answer. And this is... I think one of the most telling things about a person, because if you know what they fear, you know what they want, you know what they do, and you know what they strive to be, and from there, I mean, like, from there, you just know who they are, and understanding who a person is, is the whole point of Breakdown, that is why, that is why we do have a deeper understanding of the characters, and therefore, the story, so this is just the first step to unlocking a a aspect of Umbridge's personality that we will will we have never seen, and this uh, well for our hope of a HBO show about this, I think we can pretty much disregard that. But this is kind of going to be in place of that. This this is going to be the most information we're going to get about who she is. Based, just based on pure analysis and and theorizing. So her greatest fear is one of the things that is going to be the greatest key to unlocking who she is. And that is why we are doing this segment, and that is why it is important to understand the fear of a person. But let's do this. Let's do this. So we left off with this whole fear thing of her, her, her fear of being dragged down, of never being able to stop. And, I mean, right here, let's just answer the question. What is Umbridge's greatest fear? Well, I think the overall theme, the overall theme of everything we've discussed today, taking in what potential experiences she may have had in her past, what actions she does, what lengths she goes to, and again, what baseline fear she has, we can all wrap this up into a fear of failure. I think that is really the root of everything that Umbridge does. Umbridge is petrified that she is going to fail, that she is not going to make it, that she is not going to live up to the standards that, again, she set for her own self. Standards are very important. I think if you have a quality of something, like you have a quality of, I don't know, say food. You're not going to just, you know, crunch on raw pasta. You're going you're gonna to cook it because you have standards, right? And that's good because I don't think you want to eat raw pasta. But Umbridge's standards are far too harsh and almost impossible to achieve. She only achieves them to some degree through a tremendous amount of personal sacrifice. And this is why she spends so much time in the workplace. You can kind of see this whole kind of bubble forming of this is all under the same umbrella. That's why she spends so much time in the workplace, because she wants to make headway, because she wants to succeed. She wants to be first. That's why she kicks Trelawney and Dumbledore because she wants to, 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 to purify Hogwarts, because she wants to become the headmistress and institute policies that she will be known for forever.
and her not having many friends, only a lot allies and acquaintances and and people she is friendly with in the workplace. That is her, her trying to push away everyone. So she is the only one rising to the top. Umbridge is isolating and alienating, and she is the only person she feels like deserves to be at the top. This is really the root of it all. This is kind of the the umbrella of the umbrella. She has no friends. She has no one to talk to, no nothing. And that is where her problems come from. She doesn't work together. She doesn't have anyone to lean on, which is no way to live. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine life without people. I mean, like... That's that's how she lives. That is how Umbridge is. She is she is isolated. She isn't married. She has uh, a very few family, and most of which are not uh, with us anymore. And she just has so alone. She's so in 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 her, in her little cubicle, just clacking away. Well. I mean, scribbling away with a quill, I suppose you could say. And she's just doing all this stuff by herself, which is why she fails, which is why she has a fear of failing, you see? And then the whole chain reaction again of she's fear of failing, so she keeps going. So she does things too intensely, which is then why Harry has the marks, which is why Dumbledore has to run, which is why Trelawney then has to uh, stay on the ground because Dumbledore's there, but Dumbledore's gone because Umbridge did that because Umbridge wanted to live forever because that will be 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 immortalized in her policies uh, because Umbridge has to just just keep going keep cheek driving because she doesn't want to fail because she's a fear of failure because uh, she is alone you see this is a a a circular path here that just keeps going and 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 going so that is this episode. That is the the main point. That is what we will finish off with today. That is really where we will end it and where we will really understand Umbridge fully. It is a circular cycle of of fear of like fearing failure of just drive and intensity and loneliness at the core of it all. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I certainly did. I mean, long-awaited, like I said, well over, well, well over 13 days I have I have waited for this episode. So I'm glad we finally got to record it. I hope you enjoyed listening to it, and perhaps you gained a new level of thinking. Maybe you understood a bit more about the character, about the story. Maybe you had some thoughts of your own. If you did, and even if you didn't. I'd love to know. Send me an email. My email is thepotterdiscussion at gmail.com. That is thepotterdiscussion at gmail.com. And you can also use the contact form on thepotterdiscussion.com slash contact or just select contact from the uh, navigation bar on thepotterdiscussion.com. I'm also at thepotterdiscussion on Instagram and at potter underscore discuss on Twitter. Again, thank you all for joining me today. It was a blast to be recording to you. And as always, remember that happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if one only remembers to turn on the light. I will see you later. This was the point of discussion.